How's it going, everybody? My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a backpacker. I am a huge hiking nerd, and every single week on this podcast, most weeks anyways, I chat with other thru-hikers and other backpackers and other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. And uh, episode 140, this one you're listening to right now, is a great one. I enjoyed this so much. Steven Smith, a.k.a. My Life Outdoors from YouTube is on the show. I I mean, I don't even know what to say. This was such a fun chat for me. We, we talk a decent amount about some of the YouTube stuff, how Steven got started with his channel, as well as how he got started in backpacking. We talk about gear, dude, because this guy, this guy is a gear nerd, let me tell you. We talk all about gear, and then at the end of the episode, you know what we do at the end of these episodes. Maybe you don't if you're new, if that's the case. Hello, thank you for tuning in. Uh, At the end of the episode, he tells a story, not directly related to backpacking, actually, but related to uh, camping in the Grand Canyon, and it was was pretty funny. So, Steven, when you hear this, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, please uh, let me know if you enjoyed this episode. You can go to instagram and find me kyle hates hiking is my handle um email if you want to send me an email trailtalespod at gmail.com and uh, of course don't forget to check out my youtube channel it's not as good as my life outdoors but my channel is kyle hates hiking without further ado let's get into it with steven smith from the youtube channel my life outdoors everybody here we go i am so so grateful that steven smith otherwise known as my life outdoors is on the show dude how's it going it's going pretty good thank you for having me on of course it's kind of funny we've like you know we've we've chatted you know mostly via dm decent amount over the past you know six months or whatever at this point but this is the first time that we've actually gotten a chance to properly talk so i'm excited and uh, I think it's going to be fun. And I almost, <laughs> I almost introduced you as this. This is just my brain right before I started going. I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him a superstar at the beginning because you're low key kind of a superstar in the whole backpacking world. A superstar. You're kind of a superstar. But I've been not, not to toot my own horn here, but I've been introduced in similar ways on other podcasts before. And though it's, it's obviously you know, kind of a joke and it's, it's meant to be flattering. It's also just kind of weird and awkward. So I didn't do well, that. <laughs> okay. Well, let me tell you something. Okay. So this, this is the superstar status that you've had in my mind, because I, I watched your channel when I had, uh, when I was nobody, when I had a nothing channel. And I remember thinking that if, if Kyle hates hiking ever starts making fun of me, then that means I've made it, <laughs> dude. I, and I still, I to, to my knowledge, you still haven't made fun of me yet. And so, like, I still, in my mind, I still haven't made it. All right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be looking for a reason now. So yeah, just, yeah. Uh, just don't end up getting lost and going missing, because then I won't be making fun of you. But I might be making a video about you. Oh, well, see, that was that was back before those videos started really taking yeah, off. Before you started yeah. doing those kinds of videos, you know. So I just always thought, man, if Kyle, if Kyle ever starts like making fun of me or criticizing me on his channel that means i've made it but uh, <laughs> be careful what you yet. wish for my friend be careful <laughs> what you wish for <laughs> i gotta right. get dan on here too 
I I totally could. Like Dan and I talk fairly regularly, but yeah, I, yeah. I gotta get him on. What am I doing? Um. But anyways, dude. Yeah. Thank you for for being on here. Why don't we start by? I'm sure a lot of people listening know who you are, but there's probably some folks that don't. There's a lot of folks that listen that are you know more. I don't know. I always sound like a jerk saying this, but more like casual, you know, weekend warriors, backpackers. And then there's also a lot of folks that are more hardcore through hikers as well. Um, well, and if you're not on YouTube, I, I can't imagine you'd know who I was. So Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely some some people that only listen and don't really watch YouTube as much. Even my YouTube, I've gotten some comments like, or some reviews or whatever being like, oh, like I, I like his podcast, but like, man, I can't stand this guy's stupid thumbnails or whatever talking about me. So um, anyways, <laughs> dude, who are you? Who is who is my life outdoors? I'm, I am just a guy who uh, decided to start making videos about backpacking one day because I really like to backpack. And, um, and that, and I mean, I don't even know what to say other than that. So, um, started making videos, had a few of them, uh, get some pretty decent views, started to build kind of a channel and, uh, eventually made it into my full-time gig. And so that's what I'm doing now. And now he's crushing it. One of the, one of the biggest channels in the, in the niche, I'll say, um, it's kind of funny. Like I was thinking about this before I started recording when I was prepping, I was like, I was trying to remember the first time I ever saw your channel and I... I want to say that I, before I started the PCT last year, about this time last year in 2022, I don't think I had ever heard of you before, or maybe, maybe I can't quite remember. But then after I got back from the PCT, you know, while I was gone for those four months, I wasn't really keeping up on, you know, other YouTube channels very much. And mm-hmm. when I got back, it's like, holy shit, this guy, I think you had at least 70,000 subscribers at that point, And like, you were popping off. And I was like, damn, like... Uh, I don't know. Is that does that timeline check? I could be wrong about that. Yeah. So so you you started about this time last year, the PCT. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, about ma- this time last year, I was probably sitting around thirty thousand subscribers, something like that, on YouTube. Okay. So and... you're you're still popping off a little bit. I, maybe I did see. I can't quite remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah. Who knows? And so by the time you got done, I was probably well. I hit I hit a hundred thousand um, at Christmas, and so. Um, oh, I was probably around. I was probably around like seventy by the time you got off the trail. Maybe. Yeah, I remember seeing like I remember seventy and like watching it go up, and I was like, "Damn, this guy's killing it." Um, so, anyways, dude, like uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some more YouTube stuff. I mean, that's just we're YouTubers. It's uh, that's what we do. But um, I want to start even further back. So you said you're just a guy that likes to backpack, and so how did you first get like started in backpacking? Was it something that you were doing like your entire life? Were you raised? You know, going backpacking, was it something you fell into when you got older? Like, how did you just get involved with it? It, it was definitely something that happened when I got older. So my my family, um, well, so I, I've said this before to, to other people, but I, I never played sports growing up. And so like baseball, football, all those kinds of things that I think a lot of young men, whenever they're growing up, um, end up playing at school or whatever else. And so I never did that. And it, it never seemed strange to me until I got to high school. And then one day, like, I realized, I was like, it's kind of weird that I've never, never played sports. And so I asked my dad, I was like, hey, dad, like, how come, how come you never put me in sports when I was growing up? And he said, well, son, I didn't want to sit outside and watch you play. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, so what my family did do was they, they took me skiing. And so I grew up kind of going to the mountains. We didn't live near the mountains, but um, grew up going to the mountains and kind of fell in love with the mountains. And we would go camping in the summertime and we'd go car camping. 
And so like I, I kind of had this love for uh, the outdoors and for camping and all that kind of stuff. And I remember my mom had this friend um, that it was a coworker of hers and he would go backpacking, but I didn't know what that was. And so um, my mom would always describe it to me as he, he goes camping where there's no, there's no electricity and there's no water. Because all the campsites we would go to for car camping always had like RV hookups and stuff mm. like that. And so like we were camping in tents, but, you know, we had, you know, stuff we could plug in, you know, like a, a fan or something like that if we wanted to. Yeah. And I remember thinking as a kid, I was like, that's the kind of camping I want to do. I want to I want to do the camping where there's no there's no water and there's no electricity. Like you got to you got to take everything with you. And so that kind of just rattled around the back of my mind. I, uh, I started kayaking as, um, I would say, as a young adult um, because one of the things we would do is we lived in Texas and we would go tubing. And so tubing is a big thing in, uh, in central Texas. There's several rivers that you can, the, the weather's always nice and warm and you can get in an inner tube and you can float down these rivers. And so my parents would take me tubing and I just loved being on those rivers. And one day we drove past this like storefront that had a sign out that said kayaking lessons. And I was like, I want to learn how to kayak. And so I, I bought a kayak. I didn't ever take any lessons, <laughs> but, but I bought a kayak and I started taking them on um, like just like one day river trips and stuff like that. And after a while I realized I wanted to do some rivers that like you needed to spend the night, like they were long and uh, you couldn't just do mm-hmm. them in one day. And so I was like, you know, like I need some, I need some gear that'll fit inside my kayak. And so I started buying a bunch of backpacking gear that was small and compact and would fit down in the hole of my kayak so that I could spend the night on the river. And then eventually I had everything I needed to go backpacking except for a backpack. And so uh, one day I just bought a backpack and decided to start going uh, with a buddy of mine and um, fell in love with it. And I, I haven't been kayaking in years, <laughs> but, I, but I go backpacking um, all the time. So Where that's, was- that's kind of how I got into it. Where was the first first backpacking trip? Where'd you guys go? First backpacking trip um, was to the highest peak in Texas, which is Guadalupe Peak, uh, in, uh, which in is actually a Big Bend. No, it's actually in the Guadalupe Mountains, which oh, okay. is so. There's two national parks in Texas. A lot of people don't even realize that because Texas isn't really known for its mountains or its national parks. But but there's Big Bend National Park, which is down in the southern part, and then there's the Guadalupe Mountains, which is right next to Carlsbad Caverns. A lot of people have heard. Carlsbad Caverns, and so it's in the it's in the same mountain range, but Carlsbad is just across the border in New Mexico, and Guadalupe Mountains is just south of Carlsbad. And so, high peak in Texas, it's almost nine thousand feet in elevation. It's got about four thousand feet of elevation gain, and so it's a it's actually a pretty significant little little climb. And they've got a uh, they've got a backcountry campsite up on top, or pretty close to the top. And that was my very first backpacking trip was Guadalupe Peak. Nice. Are you still in Texas now? I am still in Texas now, although I am trying to get out because there's not a lot of good backpacking yeah. in Texas. And That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's hot and humid. Because well, where are you at? You're, you're are you in Florida? I'm all over the place, dude. Right now, I'm in the I'm in New Hampshire, but only for a few months. New Hampshire. That's right. I, we've talked about that before. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Where in Texas? So, but, I'm curious. Say that again. Oh, sorry. I said, uh, like, where in uh, Texas? I'm in East Texas, which has got some really good, like, it's, it's behind what they call the Pine Curtain, and so we got a lot of piney woods. Um, but there's not a lot of, like, 
topography. There's not a lot of elevation, yeah. no mountains or anything like that. And so, like, the woods are nice. And there's there's some national forests not far from my house that have some trails and stuff like that you can backpack. But the kind of backpacking I really like to do, you got you to gotta go out west. And so, I, yeah. uh, I find myself traveling quite a bit. Yeah, it makes sense. Isn't the, the Lone... I don't know much about it, but the Lone Star Trail, isn't that over there near... I know it's somewhere near... Houston. That right? is down by Houston, and it is it is a long trail. It's over a hundred miles, but I can't remember how long it yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not say exactly like, sure either. Like 170 miles, maybe. Something as like that. As, what I want to say. I mean, it's just a green tunnel through the woods. You know, <laughs> brown brown creeks that you go over, and you got to filter water out of and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's better than nothing, right? It's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never I've never hiked it, um, but but I know about it, and I know that that people do. And I mean, like the problem with Texas is it's just so especially that area, it's just so stinking hot and humid. And so, mm. I mean, like if you're doing it, I mean, you could you could probably do it in the in the spring or the fall and it'd be pretty, really pleasant. But in the summertime, like you're just gonna, you're gonna melt if you're yeah. on that trail. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's on my list of trails. It's not high on the list, I'll be honest, but I just think, it, oh, yeah? I have this weird thing. I like to, I like to travel within the US. I like to just go to different states. Like um, a couple months ago, I, I went and did the uh, Washita Trail in Oklahoma and Arkansas. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I drove, I was, I started in South Carolina from my parents' house. And so I drove through like Alabama and Mississippi, two states I'd never been to before. Yeah. And like, I remember I crossed into Mississippi, which no offense to Mississippi, but you know, it doesn't have the best reputation uh, <laughs> for, for reasons we, we don't need to get into. But um, just, just driving into Mississippi, I was just like, stoked i was like i'm in mississippi i've never been here before but anyways um what i'm trying to say is i just i like to kind of combine the the two ideas of like visiting like a a new place and being able to do some hiking and so because of that the lone star trail is on my list i'll get to it eventually but yeah so the washout the washout trail is not too far from me did you do the entire trail or did you just do a section uh yeah we did the entire thing it was like um late october ish like two weeks because how long is it since you've done it? You probably know more about 220 it. Two hundred and twenty miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I did it like shortly after I got back from the PCT, which is kind of crazy. Because I, when I got done the AT, I was like, dude, there's no. Way. I didn't want to set foot on a trail. I didn't want to see a tree for months after that. But <laughs> for some reason, after the PCT, and it was kind of a last minute. I wasn't like planning it before I got off the PCT. For some reason, I, I did it. But it was a cool trail. Um, I was supposed to put out an episode about it actually, uh, that I recorded with my friend that I hiked it with, but, um, I deleted it by accident. So sorry about that, everyone. Um, you delete, like you deleted all the footage or you just, deleted I deleted the, 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 I deleted the file of the podcast episode. Sorry. Not, oh, not okay. the, not the, the, the video. There's a video of, oh, okay. of my channel of it, but, um, yeah, I deleted the hour long episode that we did, which was silly, silly me. But, um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go find that video. I, I haven't seen that, and I'm I'm curious now because that that's the area. Like, if I need to go somewhere, and I don't want to, you know, like go a long ways away, that's probably the area that I go to the most is kind of the Washita area in Oklahoma and, and Arkansas because it's it's really it's the best backpacking that's close. Yeah, so. it was it was nice. Like I'd never been to that part of the country. I'd never been to Arkansas or Oklahoma either, um, and it was cool. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of stick bugs when we went, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen a few stick bugs up in that area. Oh, I bet, dude. The first time I saw one, I'd never seen one before, and so I was like, which I'm pretty sure they're in other places I've been. So I don't know why I hadn't seen one, but I was like, oh, this is so cool. I was like filming it and shit, and then 
within 24 hours, dude, these things were just like attacking us. They were like falling off the trees. And I remember at one point I dropped my, or, or sorry, I was going along and one was crawling up my leg. And so I kind of like, you know, they're not like dangerous or anything, but you just get like the heebie-jeebies. And I was like, oh, so I like kind of dropped my trekking pole and like flung it off my leg. And then by the time I bent down to pick up my trekking pole again, there was like four more crawling up me and all over the trekking pole already. It was nuts. Those things are... That's crazy. I've never <laughs> seen that many at one time. Like, I've only seen one or, or, or two at a time. I feel like it must have been, like, that specific... Like, there was something going on in, like, their cycle or something where it was, like, a time of year where they just come out a lot. Yeah, I don't know. You were, you were emitting some pheromones or something. That I were, must uh... have been, dude. They were they were all <laughs> over me. They were they were loving it. But, <laughs> dude, it was, it was pretty funny. But, anyways, dude, so um, so you, you get into backpacking and then... How it must have been a, a while between when you first got into it and then when you started making videos, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I I started a blog back in two thousand and nine, and so I was interesting. So I, okay. Yeah, I just bought. And it's it's no good. Like I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, ter- I'm a terrible writer, and I I can't spell or use grammar to save my life, and so I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I know well, why I started thing, this back blog. Then. It was, yeah. I mean, so like before YouTube really became a thing, like blogging was, you know, the thing. And I was in, I remember I was on like an online forum. It was a Jeep forum. And I just bought a Jeep and I was like, you know, obsessed with it and all this kind of stuff. And so I'd gotten in this Jeep forum and was talking to all these people and in the forum. And some guy got in there and he started talking about his blog. And he had this blog that it was called My Jeep Life. Was the name of the blog? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and 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 this is this is going to give you some insight into the kind of person I am, um, because he started talking about all the free stuff that he got because of his blog, and so like he was always getting all this free stuff and all this kind of stuff, and he, like and he had all this success with the blog and whatnot. And I was like, dude, that sounds cool. Like I like I I, I kind of want to do that. And I was like, but I don't want, I don't want Jeep stuff. I'm like, what kind of stuff do I want? <laughs> and so I thought, I want, I want some outdoor stuff. And so I, I started my life outdoors, which sounds a whole lot like, like my Jeep life. Yeah. <laughs> I started my life outdoors because I, I wanted some free outdoor stuff. And, um, and so here I am, like, you know, how many years later? So I, I had the blog for a while. And, you know, was writing stuff and it was just kind of talking about all kinds of stuff. I was talking about kayaking. I was talking about backpacking. I was talking about all that kind of stuff. And, and I, and I got some, I got some free stuff, you know, like people started sending some stuff my way and I was always, you know, kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, um, like the, the blog went away for a little while because like life just got stressful and all that kind of stuff. And so like, I just couldn't do it. And then something happened because I had this like blogger blog. I don't know. I don't, you're, you seem younger than I am. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if you know about blogger. Uh, I've heard of it before. It, it, is it is it just like a platform that you could yeah, just so use? It, to, like, it was like, like WordPress maybe? It was, it was owned by Google and it was like Google's blogging platform. Yeah, so it's kind of like WordPress, okay. but owned by Google. It wasn't as versatile as WordPress, and so, but it was free, and so I started like uploading stuff to this blogger blog, and um, and then one day like it just like went down, and like Ooh. I could see everything like when I would log in, like I could see all the blogs and all that kind of stuff, but when you went to my my URL uh, when you went to mylifeoutdoors.com, like it just like showed nothing, and I couldn't figure out how to make it like stop doing that, and so I was like, <laughs> well. Like I'm like I'm just done, you know. And so I just for like four years I didn't do anything with the blog. And then 
around 2019. You said you started the podcast in 2018? Yeah, late, so, late 2018. Yeah. So around 2019, I decided I wanted to revive the blog. And I mean, after it had been gone for like four or five years, it mm -hmm. had been down. And so I was like, you know, what? I want to start blogging again. And um, not because I wanted the free stuff or anything, just because I missed the creative outlet. And so I started, uh, so I, I transferred the blog to WordPress. I'm, we're getting kind of like blog nerdy here, but <laughs> that's all right. I transferred the blog to a WordPress site and got it working again. Started posting some stuff from some trips that I'd done in that like four or five year hi hiatus. And, um, and one of my friends, a really good friend of mine, which he's he's confronted me about this before because I've said this on some other podcasts. Um, I, I always when I retell the story, this isn't how it actually happened. But when I retell the story, it's he came to me and was like, "Dude, man, what are you doing with this blog? Like, like you're a terrible writer. Oof. Like, stop." Which he's like, he's like, "I never said that. Like, I would never say that." And this is true. He would not have said this, but <laughs> but in my mind, this is what I heard. You know, like you stop messing around with this blog. You need to make videos. And I was like, ah, you know, but I mean, like, that seems like a lot of work. And and it is a lot of work. And I know that you know that oh, yeah. um, making videos is, is is difficult. But I do enjoy it a whole lot more. And so somewhere, I want to say, uh, it was probably May. It's probably May 2019 because I remember the trip that I went on. Um, I had a backpacking trip planned. And so I decided I was going to film it. And I filmed it all with my cell phone. And... Um, and edited, I remember, um, so it's the very first video on my channel. And I remember like I recorded it, um, like it was like an interview where someone where I was, I was not talking to the camera. Like I was talking to someone who was off camera, but that person didn't actually exist. Like I was talking to nobody, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, they were, it's like they were interviewing me, you know? And so like, I never looked at the camera and I just was talking about my trip and, and put that up on the channel. And I may have published like five videos in all of 2019. And I, and I got like maybe like 100 subscribers as a result. Mm -hmm. And then um, work got stressful whenever the pandemic hit in 2020 and just couldn't do it anymore. And so like I didn't publish anything through 2020. And then March 2021, I had a trip to the Grand Canyon planned and I decided I'm going to make a video. Because, you know, because I, I really want to and made a video. And on that trip, as I was making that video of the Grand Canyon, I committed myself to making one video a week. And so I did. I started making one video a week. And by October of 2021, um, I realized I could uh, I could make that my full time job. And so I did. Dude, it blew up, huh? Yeah. Which yeah. Is... Which I mean, you know, so I don't remember. I don't remember how many subscribers I had by. By October of 2021, um, I want to say, I don't know, I'd probably hit 10,000 or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, because that was kind of like the the milestone in my mind. Yeah. But um, but the money was coming in consistently, and I was getting sponsor offers and stuff like that, and so I, I realized I could uh, I could make it work. So did you go full time YouTube like around that point, like when you only had you know 10,000 ish subscribers? Kind of. So I had quit my job. Um, in January, 2021. And I, so I was just, I was just burnt out and had decided that I just couldn't do it anymore and I needed a break. And so my wife and I, um, my wife, she ended up going full time. So she was part time. And so she's a therapist and she's got a private practice and she was just seeing, uh, a few clients kind of on the side. Mm -hmm. 
And so she was like, you know what? Like I've, I've kind of always wanted to like, you know, my career is my dream. And so we were like, all right, you go full time. I'm going to take a break. We'll live off your income. We had saved a bunch of money too. And I was like, I'm going to take a break for a year and, you know, and just see what happens. And so I, I kind of became the, the domestic partner or whatever. And so I was a full-time stay-at-home dad and was taking the kids to school and cleaning the house and cooking dinner and all. And I'm still doing all that. Um, but like, we just kind of like switched roles. She became the primary breadwinner. And so like I had more free time. My wife probably would have liked that I would have spent more of that time uh, cleaning the house. But <laughs> instead, I started making videos once a week on YouTube. <laughs> and, it's uh, paid off, I'd say, at this point. Yeah. And so, I mean, so I didn't have a job. And so technically, yes, it, it was full time from, from the, I really consider that March of 2021 kind of like the beginning of the channel. And so... Um, from from the beginning of March 2021, it was it was kind of full time, even though I wasn't making full time money. I see, I see. That's such a that's such like a unique story, honestly. Um, kind of how it played into your your family dynamic, or maybe even more. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. Yeah, because I feel like most people, like at least for myself, and I feel like a lot of people, when they they make the transition to like full time, it's like okay, I'm quitting my job to do this full time, but there was like more to it for you. Like, like I said, the family dynamic there. So that's, um, it's yeah. interesting. And honestly, it sounds a little bit safer too, than just like quitting to me. Like, I'm going to try to be a YouTuber, I guess. Like that's, that's, that's interesting. That's cool. Right. Well, and I, and I remember like, like, I think it really frustrated my wife the, you know, the entire time that I was doing it from, you know, like from March until October, I think it was really frustrating her because, I don't know that she saw the potential that I saw, mm-hmm. which is, <laughs> which is when, reasonable, you know, right. It is. Yeah. You know? And so she's like, she's like, I went to school or, or not. I went to school. I went to work full time so that you could take a break. And here you are doing this, doing this job that, <laughs> that isn't a job. Like we're not even getting paid for. <laughs> and, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But then when the money did actually start coming in, she was like, okay, all right. Like I, I see the benefit now. And, yeah. um, and now she really sees the benefit. And so, so we're doing good now. Yeah, well, that's dude. That's so interesting. But yeah, that's a very unique uh, story on how you got into at least got into it like full time, and it, kind of funny too. Like, um, I also, I don't want to say I got started. I kind of got started blogging too. I didn't have my own blog, but I wrote for what was Appalachian Trials at the time, and then later became the Trek. I wrote for them yeah. for like, uh, uh, at least a year, maybe even more. Um, I didn't really get paid very much. It wasn't like a, it was it was mostly for fun. But um, that's kind of how I got started with like the backpacking content as well. And then, I mean, I thought I was pretty good at it, but it was just like it's not as much fun as even though it's probably less maybe less work than making videos. It's not as much fun. So, yeah, videos. Okay, so I, your your listeners probably already know this, but I don't, and so I'm going to ask. Yeah, like, yeah. What, how did you decide on the name Kyle hates hiking? Oh, dude. So also somewhat similar to your your story because i kind of ripped it off of somebody um there was a kid that went to my college who i don't even know him i don't even remember his name i don't think i ever even met him but we just had like some mutual friends and so i would see like his instagram handle sometimes and it was like whatever his name was hates the outdoors and then so i went and changed my instagram handle to kyle or sorry sorry i totally messed that up it no 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 that was right yeah it was 
hunter or whatever hates the outdoors. And then so I went and changed my Instagram handle to Kyle Hates Hiking, inspired by that. Like purely got the idea from from this kid. And then it was my Instagram handle for a while. And then when I went to start the YouTube channel, it just seemed like a natural fit. And here I am. I don't know if it's a it's a great name. Like I I, I really I really like that name. Like I appreciate it's, it's that. Unique. Thank you. I feel like it fits your personality. Yeah, and... that's that's kind of what I was going for when I chose yeah. it. I was like, that just seems. Although nowadays, with the the direction my channel's going, maybe I mean I I still think it's fine, but yeah, I don't know. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I kind of yeah. ripped it off. That's <laughs> so what you got to so do. So both my both my wife and my oldest daughter, whenever I told them I was doing this with you today, they said, "Well, does he really hate hiking?" And I was like, I, I don't think so. But <laughs> the one, I will say the one downside of having this name is it's hard for me to go on a podcast, not not my podcast, like someone else's podcast without having to answer that question. Like, do, why do you hate hiking? Which is a fair question. Like, I get it. Like, don't I'm not hating on anyone who's asked me that. But I just I haven't been able to come up with like a, a funny answer yet for it. So you think after how many freaking years have I been doing this? I would have had a, a better answer by now, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I always hate I always hate hiking on like the fourth or fifth day. You oh know? yeah, and yeah. then and then I get a down day, and I'm like, all right, I love it again. That's how it but. goes. Like you, you <laughs> when you're out there, at least towards the end, you're just like, man, dude, get me the hell away. Like bugs, I hate bugs. Like dirt. Like I want to yeah. be clean. I want a pizza. But then you get home for like a day and a half, and you're like. All yeah, right, you yeah. know, I could, All right, where am I going the bug, next? The bugs weren't that bad. I mean, come on. Like, it's just dirt. Like, who cares? So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But, um, dude, your your videos are so good. One thing that I've really learned from watching your videos is hooks at the beginning of the video. Like, that's, that's a big thing that I've kind of tried to, like, take away from your videos. You know, it, it's kind of hard well, for, for, for us to... I don't want to speak for you, but I imagine speaking to other YouTubers, you, you might agree. It, it's hard to watch, especially other videos in your same niche without kind of watching it like analytically, I guess. Like it's kind of hard to just purely consume yeah. it just like a, a normal audience member would. And so that's right, like right. one of the first things I noticed about your videos because I was like, man, I always just start my videos being like, hey guys, what's up? It's fucking whatever. And you start yours like just with these like intense hooks. Like you can take something that's not intense at all by any objective measure and just make it like super <laughs> intense. And like, it's just so captivating. And so I, I really like that. I don't even actually, no, I do know where I'm going with this question. So um, your, your videos are so good. So well put together. Do you, ha do you have like a background in like video editing or video production or anything like that? Or is this all just self-taught? Well, so it is, it is all self-taught. Uh, I was a radio, television, and film major for a year when I when I was like nineteen, um, and so like I, I got to go to like film appreciation class and stuff like that. But like I didn't actually learn anything while I was a radio, <laughs> television, and film major. Um, but but I had that. I mean, like the reason why I had that major was because I was always interested in movies and I was in, interested in video and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. so like my high school growing up had a had a video production class and. Like I, I did some stuff in that class, but I was I was mostly self-taught then too because the teacher, she was a photography teacher, and so she knew how to take pictures, but she didn't know how to make videos, and so like I was, I was like basically pioneering that for the class, um, back in back in the 1990s, um, <laughs> and so like you know like we didn't even have digital cameras really at that point. I, I think digital cameras were just barely like breaking onto the scene, and so we have video 
um, by camcorders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so like I I had that kind of background, and then um, just kind of like through the years, you know, it's always kind of just stuck with me. So I eventually switched to a, like a graphic design major, and so like I kind of had that that uh, influence too for mm -hmm. you know like marketing and graphics and stuff like that. Um, but but no, like I like I've always just been self taught and just kind of figured it out. And 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 I do that with a lot of things. Like that's just kind of my personality. Like I mm -hmm. I have ADHD, and so like I get these hyper focuses, and uh, uh, and video has been one of the hyper focus that I've had over the years it like comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes. And so every time, every time it comes back, like I, I get to learn something new about it and teach myself something new about it. And so I actually, so like the hook, um, stuff that you talked about. Yeah. So I was, I was, uh, in ministry for 20 years. I was a youth minister. Um, and that's what I did full time. That's what I got burnt out on in, in the job that I quit when, okay. uh, in 2021. And so like, I was like, I was done being a minister <laughs> and ready and ready to be done. But um, during that twenty years, like I, I had to teach like you know Bible lessons or, or whatever. I had to teach classes every week, sometimes twice a week, and I had to teach them to teenagers, and and so I had to like keep their interest. And so I I spent twenty years learning how to grab and and hold teenagers' interest. On something that they really didn't want to to hear about, <laughs> <laughs> and so I could see um, how that would translate like so well, though, because right, yeah, you know, I think you know, I, I'm sure your average viewer probably isn't a teenager, but I mean, well, I feel like yeah, YouTube kind of reduces. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I feel like YouTube kind of reduces us all down to that same attention span, anyways. When there's you know ten different flashy thumbnails in front of your face, and you can keep scrolling and get more and all this stuff. So like, it is important to grab people's attention early on like that. So that's, that's so interesting, dude. Like, yeah, that's such a, I, I, you know, as someone who does this too, like I can see exactly how that would translate to, to YouTube. Yeah. So I, I spent 20 years basically producing content that only about, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 teenagers ever heard, at, mm -hmm. you know, um, but you know, trying to grab their attention, trying to hold their attention, you know, trying to make points and all that kind of stuff. And so, Whenever I started making videos, it it I just leaned on that experience and um and I, I feel like it served me well. So Yeah, man, it makes it makes a lot of sense. That's that's cool. I'm I'm glad I finally got to kind of hear your your content story there. Um I have a I have a I have a question. So <laughs> one of the first questions I thought, and I need to give a little preface to this. So this is one of the first questions I thought when I was thinking of questions I wanted to ask you. So like I'm, you know, I I'm a YouTuber too, and so like we get gear sent to us. We get we get free gear, and I'm no exception to that. I get more free gear than someone who doesn't have a YouTube channel. But I, I think that some people might be surprised to hear I don't get nearly as much as a lot of other people, uh, partially because I just don't take a lot of it, but also, I uh, you know I my my channel isn't entirely or, or not even entirely, but just like centrally focused on gear and when i do talk about gear it's usually a lot more general than like here's some specific gear you should check out but um you get a lot of gear so i just gotta ask how much fucking gear do you have because <laughs> <laughs> every video this is a generalization but it seems like every video there's like new gear 
and like you even said it in one of your recent videos <laughs> you're like i have a lot of yeah. gear like how yeah, much my gear? video my video yesterday was yeah. <laughs> i was talking about all the gear that i have <laughs> how much gear do you have what do you do with I, it? <laughs> I have a lot of gear and and i hang on to it um because i i never know when i might need it for a video yeah um, and so like i like i whenever i want to talk about something if i want to say you know this really reminds me of this piece of gear I want to be able to go and grab that piece of gear and, you know, and, and show it in the video. And so like, sometimes I thought, you know, I could probably just get, you know, regular like stock footage or whatever of it, you know, just like product shots or whatever, and just hang on to those. And I could probably get rid of the gear, but, but I have this like sort of feeling of avarice, you know, like, well, I can't let go of it because what if I need it? Yeah. And, and so I, and so I, I just hang on to it and I've got, I've got, the largest closet in our house is my gear closet and it is it is stacked to the ceiling like no lie it is cuz i'm <laughs> cuz i'm not very organized and so like i it just becomes a this doom box of gear that i just like pile everything in there <laughs> doom box <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i said i said i got adhd and that is an adhd term um, like we have ADHD people have doom boxes everywhere, like every drawer and every container and everything becomes this just pile of crap that <laughs> just put stuff in. <laughs> and so my closet is my doom box and it's just my doom box of gear. And it is it is literally stacked to the ceiling, mostly with like quilts and sleeping bags and stuff like that, because they take up they take up so much stinking room whenever they're mm-hmm. uh, not, you know, compressed in their stuff sacks or whatever. And so um I've tried to organize it and I've, I've recently thought I gotta, I've got to do something about the gear problem. And, and so my solution, my solution is not to get rid of gear. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> my, my solution is to um, rent a storage facility and move everything from oh, my garage. <laughs> I'm going to move everything from my garage into the storage facility and I'm going to make my garage into a, a storage slash studio for, for the channel. And so um, that's that's the current plan. But uh, like I have no time to do that. And so I'm uh, like pretty much all my time goes into my family and making videos. Mm -hmm. And so like it's it's the idea that's been like rattling around for a few months now. And I'm like, yeah, someday I'm going to do that. And it just it just hasn't happened. So, dude, that's hilarious. When I asked that question, I was like, this this might not have a good answer. You might just be like, I don't know. I just keep it in a closet or whatever, which I guess was the answer. But that's that was that was way better than I was fearing it would be. Yeah, that's that's so funny. I'm I'm kind of the same way, except I don't have as much gear, I'm sure. But I just keep shit in like a bin, or a couple. I not just one, like two, two or three bins, maybe. See, I don't even have bins. Like I'm just like I just shove it in the closet, and like <laughs> bins would actually be that would be a smart and you know like organized way to to keep it. But no, I just I just put like I've got some shelves, and and I started off like trying to put the stuff on the shelves, but now like anytime I got it. So it's like it's all it's all over my house all the time, and my wife will complain. She'd be like, "Why does why does our house look like a like an REI, you know, or something <laughs> like that, and like a like a really junky REI?" And so then I'll I'll take it all and I'll just shove it in the closet, you know, just to get it out of the rest of the house, and it just you know ends up everywhere, like on shelves and all kinds of stuff. And then when I want to use like a piece of the gear, like it's all got to come out because it's not organized and. It's just, you know, in there, sometimes at the bottom of all this other gear. And I have no idea where it's at. And so I just, everything's got to come out. Yeah, And dude, it gets I have strewn too. about the house. And then I find <laughs> what I want. And then everything goes back in. <laughs> That's so good. You got to post a picture of that closet. Have you done that yet? So there, there is a, there's a picture on my Instagram that's, 
but the the closet's even worse now. Like, it, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> I gotta find it. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. So it's it's embarrassing, and and I'm and I'm hoping to you know like I'm I'm gonna I kind of I kind of don't want to do the cliche thing, but I'm but I'm probably going to end up doing the cliche thing where the gear becomes the backdrop of my um of my studio channel or whatever yeah. you know what I mean yeah um. And so I'll probably end up doing that because I'm hoping that that will force me, you know, knowing that it's going to be in all those shots and people are going to see it. I'm hoping that's going to make me keep it clean and organized. Yeah, it makes so. sense. I found the picture. It, it looks a little chaotic, but at least there is some shit on the shelves and hung up, like you said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be go. worse. I see some skis. It, it, it is there worse too. right now. There are some skis. Those have had to leave the closet now. Like, because oh. I've. I've done a bunch of different stuff, you know, so I've got some rock climbing gear and some skiing stuff. And, and so now all that's had to be, that's all been moved to bins, ironically, um, because I don't use it. And so like, it's just got put in bins and it's in, it's in a different closet now. And that closet is just for backpacking gear now. I gotcha. I gotcha. You're probably, it's probably not that many households in Texas that have a pair of skis in the, in the closet. So that's funny. (laughs) That is probably true. Uh, would you consider yourself an ultralight hiker? Um, which, which to be fair, I know there's not like a set agreed upon definition of exactly what that is, but just based on your own feeling, yeah. would you consider yourself Well, I mean, like for ultralight? me, that that's 10 pounds or less is, is ultralight. Yeah. Uh, base weight of 10 pounds or less. And so I, I fall into the lightweight category of around like 15 pound base weight more often than not because um i mean well like i was talking on a recent video uh, like i like to take a chair and i like to have a nice comfortable sleep system and i i talk about 25 inch white pads all the time because i mean I, i've just decided i'm never going to sleep on a 20 inch pad ever again mm-hmm. um and so like i you know I, i've got some of those items that end up being a little bit heavier to be more comfortable um but then like the other areas you know like the tent and the backpack and and those kinds of things, I, I like those to be as light as possible to make room for the weight of the chair and the sleep system and and that kind of stuff. And so, my my base weight usually falls around falls around fifteen pounds, including camera stuff or not including camera stuff. No, I don't count the camera yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I don't either because because barely anybody else is carrying that kind of stuff. Exactly. So I'm probably around nineteen twenty pounds of camera stuff, although. I mean, like most of that's batteries because I I carry my camera in my hand, and so it's te- it's oh, technically really? worn worn weight. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> technically like, your whole like... backpack could be worn weight, right? Like you're carrying oh, well, your backpack. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's a that's an overused joke. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but I've no, so I've got like a uh, I've got a I've got a pretty big camera with a big lens and a tripod, and the whole system weighs about six pounds. <laughs> Damn. And um, and I carry it in my hand. Um, every day that I'm hiking, like it's just, it's, it's just in my hand and I'm just carrying it. And I, I actually went on a hike with a, with a friend of mine recently. It was a, it was a hike that uh, was a, was a little bit sketchy. And so like I wanted someone with me. And so I actually, I, I, I helped him, uh, be able to go with me cause I just needed someone to go. And so he was feeling like, like, Oh, you know, like you, you helped me, you know, come out here. It's like, I need to help. And so he was like carrying my camera for me some and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like he's like, no, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. You know, oh, like it, nice here, I'll carry, I'll carry it for a little while. And, um, and I just like, it didn't even like dawn on me. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm just used to carrying it, you know? So I'm like, it doesn't even, doesn't even bother me anymore. And so 
Interesting. You carry it in your hands. You don't use the shoulder, the shoulder clip. You know, I've got one of those shoulder clips, um, and and I used it a few times, but most of the time, like most of the straps that I have, you know, most of the backpack straps, like it doesn't really fit on. So I've got the mm. the Peak Designs uh, version, yeah. and it like it it does not fit around a lot of different backpacking straps. And so what I will do sometimes, especially on hikes that I need like both my hands. Um, I will I will stick the tripod, the folded up tripod with the camera still on it. I'll stick it over my sternum strap, and so like I'll like I'll I'll cock the neck a little bit so that the camera you know like makes kind of like a I don't know like a ninety degree angle. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then I and I just hook that onto my sternum strap. Interesting. And, and it'll just hang there on my sternum strap, and and then I I got both hands free. But that that is uh, that is not very much of the time. So most of the time I've got it in my hand. It, that's that's uh that's pretty unique too geez i feel like i mean i use the it is kind of hard to find backpacks that fit that clip i've had i feel like a lot of time you got to get like a custom like little webbing strap that kind of sits on top of the the normal shoulder strap to put yeah. the clip on because yeah some of those straps are too wide but i don't know that's <laughs> that's funny uh, another another question about gear you might have to maybe maybe not but maybe you'll need a second to think about this but what do you think is I don't want to say the most, but one of the more like underrated gear companies out there that maybe doesn't get enough love as they should? Oh goodness! So I I like small companies, and um, you know, so I mean, like when you're talking about cottage companies, like you've got like the big cottage companies, like uh, um, Hyperlight Mountain Gear and Enlightened Equipment, and even Z Packs. Like yeah. those are. They're cottage, but they're they're big, they're big cottage. Yeah. Like they they could probably go mainstream uh, without a whole lot of effort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got like the smaller companies. Um, the one that that comes to my mind right now is just most recently because I did a video. You know the best the best brands you haven't heard of is a video I did maybe two three videos ago. And so L L and people made fun of me for saying this this way. El Coyote is the way I say it. I guess El El Coyote. I guess is the way you, you're supposed to say it. I don't know. And so it's uh, it's a quilt company out of Arizona. And uh, I got to use their quilts recently, and uh, I really like their quilts. Um, I also really like Catabatic Gear. And so I think, they, I think they're probably starting to get to be a little more well-known. Um, but they've got, they've got really nice quilts. And then let me think. Um, and, of course, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Devin uh, from Backcountry Exposure. I don't know if you. I don't know if you ever talked to Devin. Yeah, he he was on, on the podcast. show a while ago, like well over a year ago. But yeah, yeah, I I'm familiar with Devin. So Devin and I are good friends, and um, even though we've only met in person like twice, um, and so like, but he and I we talk almost every day, and um, and so like Waymark Gear, like I've got a real fond spot in my heart for Waymark mm-hmm. Gear because he he works for, I don't know, I don't know what his title is for Waymark. He's like general manager or something like that. Okay for waymark and so like i really like waymark stuff um and i think they're they're probably they're probably an underrated brand i think um because they're i mean like they're making like i've been in their in their uh i don't know what you call it their store yeah and so i mean it's like like my house is bigger than you know where they're making those packs and um (laughs) wow and, 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 and i don't have i don't have a huge house um you know so but i mean it's like maybe maybe uh, a thousand square feet, you know, little storefront, not even storefront, like, like industrial area. Um, 
was where they're making those packs. And so, so they got, you know, a handful of employees doing that kind of stuff. And so those are the ones that come to my mind whenever you ask. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah. I'd never heard of this. Um, What was the first one you said? El, El, how did El you Coyote s- or El Coyote is the way, is the way I said it in the video, but people made fun of me. So <laughs> classic. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've never, all the other ones I'm f- familiar with, although I don't, I don't think I've used any gear from any of the ones you mentioned, but I've never heard of this, uh, of uh, these guys and their quilts, but I'm, I'm on the website right now. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, some of the things I really liked about them is they they their quilts have a little bit, you know, like a lot of quilts are kind of clammy feeling, and so their quilts they may be it's either it's either nylon, which is what I think it might be, or it's like a taffeta material, and it's a little bit softer and less clammy on your skin. Mm-hmm. And then they overstuff all their uh, baffles thirty percent, like that's standard for all their baffles, and so like you know oh, you got okay. like really good overstuffed baffles, but then they end up being a little bit heavier because. Um, you know, something I like you can get a, an enlightened equipment quilt, like you can get a good enlightened equipment quilt for like 18 to 20 ounces, something like that. And yeah. All the El Coyote quilts are like 25, 27 ounces, something like that. So oh, you, okay. you pay a little bit of a weight penalty for them, but they're, they're nice quilts. I'm sure they keep you nice and warm too. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see here. One more YouTube question. What do you think is the worst video that you've made? Oh goodness! Like every not even week, performance. Like oh no, video. no! Come on, come on! Not even performance-wise, because I'm sure you've had videos that you were very proud of that didn't do very well. Um, just like views and everything aside, like what do you think is your worst or one of your worst videos? One that comes to mind, anyways. So I mean, like, like seriously, and just and just being honest, um, the you know the one one video a week timeline is a difficult timeline to 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 hit. Um, and so just about all my videos don't have the, the effort and the level that I feel like they deserve. Um, and especially if like, I have a good idea, you know? So like, if I, if I have what I feel like is a good idea, I almost never execute it to the level that I feel like the idea deserved, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? And I always feel like I'm like, that was such a good idea. And you like, you just. You know, like you had to cut some corners to meet, you know, your own deadlines and and things like that. And it always makes me think maybe I should maybe I should spread the videos out a little bit more, you know, but um, but knowing my personality, I would still I would still wait till the week of to actually start yeah. trying to work on the video. Yeah. And so it ended up being the same. Um, and so the deadlines actually helped me, you know, actually stay consistent and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like I I, I feel like a lot of different videos are not that great, but uh, like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look through them real quick. So bear with me. Oh, you're good, man. That's interesting. Like, yeah, it is people. I think uh, a a lot of people probably do realize it, but a lot of people don't like it is, it's not easy making a new video every single week. Dude, I did two, two a week for a while. And I, I think my videos are probably a little bit, easier to put together than yours generally speaking because um, i'm not always out on trail probably quite as much as you are at least filming but um yeah it's not easy so i <laughs> i feel that too although i will say for for me i feel like there there have been a number of videos where there's definitely been some ones where i'm like this video fucking sucks but there's there's been quite a few where i was actually like felt like i executed the idea pretty well so you never you never feel like you executed as well as you envisioned. Is that, is that what you um, 
never, never on the front end. Like there's, there's sometimes, especially when a video will like really catch the algorithm and, you know, get, get a lot of views that sometimes I will go back and I'll watch them and I'll be like, all right, what are people seeing in this video? Mm-hmm. And then I'll rewatch them and then I'll think, all right, that's, that's, you know, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a good video, you know? <laughs> but, but when it, well, yeah, like when I'm hitting publish, like I, I very rarely feel like this, this is the best that I could do on this video, if that makes sense. Interesting. Um, and so, um, but to like answer your question as I'm looking through the videos and, and it, it is one that got low views, but I have a video that's uh, the real reason you will watch this video. I actually thought that was a really good idea. And it was a follow up to another video I did that I've actually gotten some really good feedback on, but it was a, uh, it was a snow hike. I was hiking in the snow. And, um, and in hindsight, I feel like people just don't like snow videos as much as they like, um, you know, regular non-snow videos, I guess. And Mm -hmm. so like the stuff that I'm talking about in that video, I felt like it was really good, but because it was a snow hike and I was hiking in the snow and all that kind of stuff, it just never got the views. And I think people just, I think they started watching and they were like, I don't want to watch this guy hike in the snow. And so they clicked (laughs) off or whatever. I don't know, but like going back through and looking at the videos, that's the one that stands out to me as the one that, that I wish would have gotten, I wish it would have done a little bit better. And who knows, maybe I'll, maybe I'll redo it sometime because the topic, the topic was, um, so I did a video last summer sometime where I said gear doesn't matter. And I was basically talking about like what, what really matters is that, you know, like you're getting out in the, in the wilderness and, you know, and enjoying nature and, you know, and like getting away from the the daily grind and all that kind of stuff was kind of like the point of the video. Yeah. And I got all these comments that were like, yeah, but my gear, you know, and and I was kind of complaining, I guess, lamenting that, you know, trip videos don't get good views and gear videos get like tons of views. Um, But that I really love making trip videos Mm -hmm. was kind of the, the lament of that video. And everybody was like, yeah, but the difference is that if, Unless I'm going to the place that you're hiking, like I, I don't care that you got to go someplace awesome. Yeah. But if you're talking about a piece of gear, then I can think about like, oh, how would that gear work into the trip that I've got planned this summer? You know, and how would it make that trip better? And it and it allows me, it allows us, I guess I should say, to kind of extend our trips. And so like you get, you know, two or three days, a lot of people get maybe two or three days one summer, you know, that's like that's the most that they're going to get to go backpacking for some people. Mm-hmm. But if like the whole time they're thinking about that trip, like they're researching gear, they're watching videos, they're thinking, you know, like what is the gear that's going to make those two or three days the best two or three days that they possibly can, then that essentially extends that experience of that two to three day trip into a months long, you know, dream and process and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so the point of the video was, uh, and, and this is what this is what people were pointing out in the comments. And I was like, you're right. That's exactly right. And so I made the video to be like, yes, gear does matter because it it makes the trip, you know, months long instead of just two or three days. And nobody watched it. And so <laughs> <laughs> when I say nobody watched it. It got it got 15,000 views, which I know. So, I mean, like views are relative. And I know that you know this. Um, and so I know that for some people. People are going, I would love to get 15,000 views on a video. And that it makes me sound ungrateful that I'm saying nobody watched it because it got 15,000 views. But 
it's it's never YouTube is never enough. Yeah. And so it never it doesn't matter how many views you get, um, they will always feel like, well, I wish I would have gotten more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, I I had the I had a conversation. I've had this conversation a few times actually with my girlfriend about this, where I'll be like, kind of you know, complaining about, oh, like this video didn't do well or whatever. And then she'll be like, but like a year ago, if you had that many views, you would have been stoked. And I was like, you're right. So it's, um, it's all perspective. And then also I've come to the same realization that you, you kind of talked about there about what people want to see and why people are, you know, more attracted to the gear videos. And I've, I've had the same struggle, dude, where like, I love making trip videos and they just don't, they just don't do as well. And then I was thinking about it in terms of what I watch. And I realized one day, I was like, I never watch trip videos unless I'm planning on going to that spot. And right. so it makes total sense. And then, yeah, I'm kind of just saying the same thing you, you said a second ago, but like people, people are connected to the outdoors and to backpacking people specifically that, that can't get out that much. Um, through their gear exactly what you said like you can spend months you know looking at gear and it's just like it's a way to be connected to it even though you can't actually be out doing it at the moment and so and, and it's also just fun like people it's well, just like and people I, love their gadgets like, and shit i think about instagram that you know like instagram is just you know it's nature porn just over and over and over again you know a lot of the times it's like look at this awesome place that i got to go on look at this awesome experience that i got to have and there's like a bajillion uh not channels but whatever accounts that are putting like photos and videos and stuff of that on there and and a lot of them don't get very good views or traction because i think people are are tired of being jealous you mm. know what i mean like they see, they're like, awesome. You got to go to someplace awesome, but I'm never going to get to go there. And so I actually, I got to talk to a guy who is a, uh, he's a professional guide and he does guide, guiding trips to Antarctica. And so I met him last October at a conference. And, uh, and so he's got his Instagram account and he's trying to make his Instagram account, you know, blow up or whatever. And he's like, I'm posting all this stuff about Antarctica and all this kind of stuff and nobody cares. And as I was talking to him, I was like, look, man, like, I don't want to like poo poo on your parade or anything like that, but. Like most people are never going to go to Antarctica. Yeah. So why do, why do they want to see that you got to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it just reminds them like, well, I'm never going to get to do that. And so, but if you talk about gear or you talk about skills or you talk about, you know, whatever, then those people are like, well, you know, my trip that I, that I've got next weekend to the, you know, to the national park that's, you know, two hours from my house. Like I can, I can use that skill or I can use that gear yeah. on my trip. And so they can, they can put themselves in that place. It's a, it's a, it's an important realization to come to if you're going to, you know, make this kind of content. Um, right. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit freeing in a way because I feel like a lot, I'm sure you've probably talked to other backpacking YouTubers who are frustrated that trip videos, like how nice would it be if I could just go out, hike a cool mountain, put that in the title and then tons of people would watch it. Right. Like that would be amazing, but it's just not right. how it is. And, and, and when you, when you understand why that is the case. I think it's a little bit freeing or at least a little bit less frustrating when those videos don't do well. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting, dude. Um, we're getting towards the end. And so we're going to get into a story in just a second, but I did want to ask you um, one more question. It was actually submitted to me on Instagram um, from who gringo Vado loco is the username. Okay. Um, 
Anyways, so this question, honestly, I was thinking about asking you this too, and I'm sure you've been asked this a lot before, but I had to ask. Um, so anyways, so this person asked, what would it take for him to go on a through hike? It would take um, <laughs> not having a family. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to be at least part of you the You know, episode. so I mean, like I... I would do a shorter through hike. I, I wouldn't be able to do, I would never be able to do like the six, seven month commitment, you know, for like one of the, one of the triple crown long trails. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, the John Muir trail is, is a, is a hike that I've always kind of like, I really like to through hike the John Muir trail. Um, my wife and I talk about the Wonderland trail all the oh, time. Yeah. In fact, we were, we were in Seattle just last weekend. And so we, we got to see, uh, Rainier you know, the whole time that we were uh, in Seattle and the Wonderland Trail is just an amazing, you know, 80 mile long loop um, that I would love to, I'd love to through hike the Wonderland Trail. And then the Colorado Trail is one that, um, that interests me um, that I would love to do. And so, um, but then I, uh, technically I did a through hike um, not that long ago. So I did the entirety of the South Coast Trail in Olympic which was a, a whopping 17 miles. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it was the entire trail and I did it all. So I, I threw hiked, I threw hiked the South Coast Trail in Olympic National Park just uh, back in March. So there you go. I never heard of that one. Yeah, there oh, you go. Dude, it's, it's awesome. That's a, uh, yeah, like, um, I don't know. I don't know what this person was implying when they said go on a through hike because that the definition of a through hike is just so, not even in existence let's be honest um so i don't know yeah like a shorter through hike like the jmt or the colorado colorado trail or something like that's a through hike so yeah anyway that you know so i mean like that would that would take two weeks if i was if i was like moving fast and i don't move fast um you know but so probably a month is what i would want for Mm -hmm. uh, a hike like that and that that's still a lot of time away from family yeah when you got a family it makes it tough yeah when i when I was um, a little bit younger, I uh, probably even at the beginning of my channel, I probably still said this a few times. I was one of those, and you've heard you've heard other people say this before too. You'll hear people be like, "Oh, like anyone can through hike. Like you just gotta, like you just gotta like make it happen. Like anyone can do it." Which, like, I get the spirit of that, but I've since come to realize that that's a little bit naive because I th- I think there are certainly a lot of people who say they can't do it who probably could but like when you have kids and you have a family then i think that's a pretty legit reason to say like no i actually like can't do so this. i will i will say <laughs> that um so i've got i've got four kids and the the two older kids um the my oldest is 21 and um my uh the second oldest is 13 and so the plan for a long time before we had the two younger kids was that when when my oldest graduated from high school, and it was that was going to be the year that my um, the river um, is their name. They were going to go um, into junior high, and we were going to through hike the Appalachian Trail, um, and so have my oldest daughter take a, a gap year, and um, and just basically pull my other kid out of out of school for a year, and we were going to through hike the Appalachian Trail. But then we ended up having two more kids, and <laughs> and it was like, all right, now yeah. now we got now we got like really young kids, and so my youngest now is uh, is three years old, and so I can't I like I know that some people have done stuff like that, but I cannot imagine 
taking a taking yeah. that that young of children on through hike like that. You do see it every now and then, but yeah, that would be. I mean, I don't have kids or anything, but I can imagine that that would be <laughs> that'd be tough. Uh, all right, dude. Uh, story time. So at the end of all these episodes, I have my guests share a share their go to story, and and I talked to Stephen about this a little bit for everybody listening. Um, he's actually going to share a story that's not backpacking but rather just like camping which which is a little bit unique for the show but i don't know i thought it'd be fun to switch it up we've talked about backpacking quite a bit here so well, i mean um, this is this is a great story too and i love telling this story let's uh so. let's let's hear it man okay so i i don't remember how long ago this was um it was it was before it was before i had the two younger kids so it's been a while and we did a trip to the to the grand canyon okay and so we're, we're going to the Grand Canyon and had decided that, I, so I don't like people. Um, <laughs> um, I don't like, especially, you know, when I'm camping and all that kind of stuff, I don't want a lot, I don't want a lot of people around. I'm sure that you can relate. And, mm-hmm. and so like I'd, I'd read that 90% of the people that visit the Grand Canyon go to the South Rim and only 10% go to the North Rim. And so I was like, you know what, we're going to go to the North Rim. <laughs> and, and we were driving because we didn't have the money to fly. And so it's like an extra five hours to drive out to the north rim of oh, the Grand wow. Canyon because you got because you got to go around the, the canyon, right? Mm-hmm. And so like we drove around the canyon, made it to the north rim, got there, like started doing like some day hikes and stuff on the north rim, and there were still a lot of people there. And I was like, this is still way too many people. And so um, started talking to one of the rangers, and I found out about this point, this remote point um, that was out on this jeep road. Like you you could drive out there, but it was a pretty rugged drive. And because it was so rugged, like not very many people went out there. And it was like 20 miles to this point called Point Sublime. And so if anyone's been to the North Rim and know about Point Sublime. And so it's like this remote point that like sticks way out into the canyon. And you can like, you get like 360 degree views of the canyon. And, you know, the ranger was telling us about it. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And they were like, but somebody got stuck out there just this week because of like down trees on the trail or something like that. You know, like they couldn't get, they couldn't drive back. So I was like, all right, you know, sounds awesome. And so, <laughs> and so we go and, I, and like, I've got, I've got the kids. It's me, my two oldest kids and, and one of my kids' friends um, is there. So like somebody, somebody wasn't even in our family. And I'm like, let's take them out here to this remote area. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're driving on this, on this Jeep trail. And, you know, like you, you get out there and like the very first thing it says is like, you know, serious vehicle damage can occur, you know, like, you know, proceed at your own risk and all this kind of stuff. And we get about like halfway on this trail and there's like a, like a Honda Civic out there. Like, like this car, that's got like no business being on this Jeep road. And it's like, like teetering on this rock. Like it got stuck and had a flat tire and they oh, like man. tried to try to like, uh, you know, switch, change out the tire, but that was not like the biggest problem that they had. And so like, they just abandoned the car out there. And I was like, Oh, well that's the, that's the person that got stuck. And no wonder they got stuck, you know, like, cause they, they try to take their Honda out there. Yeah. And so we, we continue out to, out to point sublime and we get out there and there's a campsite out there and it's just absolutely amazing. And, um, like we can see like some cliff, some cliff dwellings, you know, like not too far from where we're at and like the sunrise and the sunset out there on the, on the remote point was just absolutely amazing. And spent the night out there and it was it was awesome. And then it was time to go. And so like I'd heard that, you know, like we could go back on the Jeep road that's all inside the national park and it's just not very well maintained. 
or the the ranger or someone had told me that if you keep going, like eventually the road meets up with like a forest service road that's better maintained. And so I was like, and, and it like continues past like a couple more remote points out there that, you know, a lot of people don't get to see because they won't, they won't go out there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's, let's do that. You know? So like we went out, we saw the other two points and then we got on this forest service road to kind of head back to civilization. And this forest service road was so well maintained that it felt like, it felt like a super highway, you know, like we had been driving like five miles an hour, you know, most the whole way out there. And now I could go like 30 miles an hour. And so it just felt like, it was like, wow, like we're really moving now, you know? And so we're, we're heading down this forest service road and, um, and my tire light came on Uh as we were driving, just like cruising down the road and it, and it dinged. And I remember it, it dinged twice. It went like ding, ding. And my wife goes, what was that? And I was like, uh, I'm like, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe I should check on it, you know? So we're like, okay. And so we pull off kind of the side of the forest service road out. I don't know how many miles out into the back country of, of, uh, Grand Canyon, no cell phone service out in the middle of nowhere. And I get out and sure enough, I got like a flat tire. Oh, no. So I'm like, well, <laughs> got a flat tire. I'm like, well, that's, that's okay. Like we got a full size spare. Like it's no big deal. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And so I tell, I tell my wife, I'm like, why don't you, you and the kids like get out and like stretch your legs and you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's a beautiful day there in the, in the Kaibab National Forest. And, uh, and so I start pulling all the camping gear out of the back of the Jeep so that I can get to the, uh, to the spare tire, um, that's underneath. It's like the, the thing to lower it from underneath the car was in the back and I had to pull all this stuff out. Uh-huh. And so I'm lowering this, um, this tire trying to get it on the car. And my wife, <laughs> she goes, uh, sweetheart, uh, this tire's flat too. Uh oh. And I go over there and I look. And I've got two flat tires <laughs> in the back country. And that's why the tire light dinged twice. And I was like, oh, man. And so then I'm like, like, what, what do you do, you know? And so, like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it. I check my cell phone, no cell phone service. I don't have a satellite communicator, you know, at that time, or at least didn't have it with me. And I've got my kids, my, my, my wife, and this, you know, this friend of the family that's, yeah. that's with us. And so my wife says, she goes, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I saw this Mythbusters one time where they, they had a flat tire, but they didn't have a spare. And so what they did was they, they took the flat tire and they cut a slit in the sidewall of the tire and they just stuffed the tire full of hay until it was, until it was just completely full of hay. And then they drove out on this tire and it was like, and it worked. Like they drove like something stupid, like 60 miles on this tire stuffed full of hay. And so I was like, we don't have any hay, but we got pine needles. And so I was like, start pulling pine needles off these trees. Like we're gonna, we're gonna fill this, we're gonna fill this tire full (laughs) of pine needles. And so, so I cut, I cut a slit in the side of, in the sidewall of this tire. So I got the, I've got the one spare and so I've got it on on the on the driver's side of the car, but the passenger side is flat too. And so I cut a slit in the side of the passenger, and and I just start shoving this thing full of pine needles, and the kids are pulling them off, and and it's taking forever. And so like I start taking like some rotten logs, you know, like you've probably seen out in the in the forest how like the logs will start to like decompose, yeah, and they get kind of soft, yeah. And so I start shoving like some of that, you know, like rotten log into the tires, like hoping that it will, hoping it will take up more space, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And I get, I get it to the point where I'm, I'm just about ready to put it on the car. 
and see if it's going to work. And here comes this guy in a Jeep and he pulls up behind me and he gets out and he's like, Oh, what's going on? You you got a problem here? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, and he's like, well, what, what are you doing? And I, and so I tell him, I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm shoving this tire full of pine needles. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you know, I think that might work. He's like, but I've got a, I've got a tire patch kit in the car if you want to use that. And I'm like, Oh, like I don't really want to. Like, like I want to. I want to drive on this pine needle tire and see if it works. But, but I like I've got my family out there, yeah. you know. And I'm like, I should, I should probably do, you know, like the right thing. And so I'm like, yeah, let me do it. And so he goes and gets this this patch kit, like a plug kit for the tire. Uh-huh. And so I, so I've got, I've got the other. So I've got the spare on one side. I've got the tire that I cut the slit in, but then I still got the other flat tire that hasn't gotten a cut. Like I didn't cut the sidewall. And so I find the the hole in that tire and I plug it with his plug kit. And he's got a he's got like a battery powered pump or whatever, you know, that plugs into the cigarette lighter. Mm-hmm. And so I ear up the tire and put it on the car and I put the pine needle tire up underneath where the spare went. And we drove out to Kanap, Utah, and um and like drove into this like little bitty podunk tire shop and was like, Hey, I need uh, I need two new tires. And so they they start putting these tires on the car and they drop that spare and they're like, what happened to this? Like the spare is so stinking heavy. And I'm like, yeah, you know, so like I try to explain and then they pull the the tire off of it and it's just got all these pine needles inside the, uh, inside the tire. And it looked like some sort of like weird Christmas wreath. (laughs) And and so then they're like, they're like, well, do you want it? And I'm like, no, I don't want it. Like, you know, get rid of it. And so they, they throw it away. They get me all new tires and put it on the car, and we were uh, we were good to go. Oh man, so you should have kept it. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, they like, but what was what was I going to do with it? Hang it up you like know? a so, reef. So Shit. I took a picture of it, and I've got a picture. That. I think I've got a picture somewhere on my Instagram too. If you wanna, if you wanna go see. Yeah, I might have to um, go check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I, I never got to find out if the uh, if the pine needle tire would have worked, and and now I'll never get to find out because I learned you know, from that experience. And I, I never go anywhere now without my own plug kit, my own tire patch kit. And so if I ever have that problem again, I'm, I'm just never going to get to find out if <laughs> the pine needles really would have worked. Bummer. Well, I, I, I admire the uh, creativity there and the quick thinking, remembering you saw that on, on Mythbusters. That's awesome. I'm glad you guys made it out. All right. And um, dude, thank you for Thank you for coming on here, man. I really appreciate it. Where can people go uh, go see your stuff? The, so you can go if you Google My Life Outdoors, you'll probably find me. And so I'm on I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and then I, I'm on Facebook too, but I barely ever do anything with that. And so, but you can uh, you can find my videos on on all those platforms. Right on. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Steven, thank you again one more time. And uh, yeah, take care. Everyone.